hello everyone. Welcome to Product Fika, a podcast in which product managers from Klarna talk about everything product related. So grab a small Fika and join us for a 20-minute chat to step up your product game. This week's topic is starting as a product manager in a new team. With us today, we have Michael Rudin, who is the product manager for the hosted experience team. We have Anne Yu, who is the product manager of Address Module. We have Elonia Halom, who is the product manager for Klarna Checkout. And me, I'm your host today, Nathaniel from the Shopping Collections team. Hello. Welcome, everyone. Hello. Hello, everyone. Very excited <laughs> to be here. Nice. Good to have you. Thanks for joining. What we want to discuss today, as I said, is uh, starting as a product manager in a new team. Now, the reason that we're all here is that we have all gone through this phase in some way, shape, or form. And so I would love to ask you a couple of questions about that experience and to kind of share with the rest of the product managers, uh, product manager community. Uh, within and outside of Quana. Uh, Michael, I can start with you. You are actually an experienced product manager coming uh, from a similar field and joining Quana from an external company, right? Maybe we could start with what are some of the things that you did before your move in terms of research, in terms of um, what was your preparation process? For joining so before I was working as a product manager in Switzerland's largest e-commerce retailer, um, it was kind of a similar setup as we have here uh, at Klarna with like small uh, product teams. And when it comes to preparation, Klarna is not yet a very big player in Switzerland, but of course we're catching up in terms of that. I just tried to serve the actual uh, merchants, which are also already available um, with Klarna. And I just did like a test purchase for my own. At that time, uh, very familiar with, for example, the inline or hosted integration, trying to grasp that uh, user experience for myself to get some sort of a feeling what Klarna is about, what the product is offering. That was basically it. Yeah, of course, I'm also trying to search uh, some other stuff on web pages or LinkedIn, uh, what was available, uh, just to grasp uh, a little bit about uh, the end user experience, yeah. Cool. Uh, let's move over to Anne then. You're essentially taking your first PM role at Klarna. Is that correct? Exactly. So um, basically, I used to work in the payment industry, so I have a bit of background from that and financial services. But to be honest, like now, it just feels I'm working more in e-commerce, right? Like I rarely do anything with payments, like directly. So, uh, but that's how I first learned about Klarna beyond the consumer perspective. And then uh, in 2019, I went uh, back to school, did my master's, and I had a product management class. And that's when I got really interested. And I started looking out for like more companies like Klarna, right, who work in the way we do with our operational model. And I started specifically applying for product positions. And then I came to Klarna as an intern and did my master's project there. And that was last summer. And this year, I just started working as a full-time product manager for the first time. Nice. Ooh. Exactly. Nice. <laughs> All right, Elon, you and I have gone through a similar journey. We've kind of moved internally within Klarna. You've moved to a product position two years ago. What was your process for preparation? Wow, so I basically stayed with Klarna Checkout from the moment that I got to Klarna <laughs> until now. Even as a solution engineer, that was my bread and butter. Like you become the the professional and specifically because I was working in the Nordics with Klarna Checkout. That's what I did morning to evening. And then I took the product manager role of Klarna Checkout. So preparation wise, technically I had all the knowledge needed, but coming into the role, it was a lot of uh, theory. So what does a product manager do? How it's like to work with an entire team? Am I their manager? I'm not their manager. It's kind of internal debate sometimes <laughs> for product managers. How should I interact with them? I'm not their boss. 
am I their boss? It's quite confusing. So that that part I was uh, very much trying to prepare to. May I ask, what, what was the biggest surprise for you when moving to like a PM role? That's a good question, Michael. I think the expectations, uh, I learned maybe even the hard way, mm -hmm. the expectations that I got from stakeholders were not the same expectations I have from the team product-wise. So, <laughs> And uh, uh, I think I learned the hard way. I should have started with mapping my stakeholders in a very clear way and what is their expectation from me and do they care about the product? And I should have aligned this with the expectations of the team itself, the engineering manager that works with me. What do they want to do? I kind of just took it one-sided what my boss wanted to do. I didn't even listen to the team in the beginning and it quickly turned into a clash, but that's how you learn, right? Mm. What are some of the things that you all have learned from, from these moves? The most important thing that I learned as a product manager, I learned to shut up and listen, whether it's to towards my, my accountable leads or my competence leads or towards my team. But I really learned to that I'm not there to answer things. I'm, I'm there to facilitate and ask questions. So I learned to shut up and listen. That was the hardest lesson that I learned. I don't know. I don't know how Michael feels now. He's an experienced person coming in to, to this turmoil of stakeholders. I don't know how you see it. I would answer maybe this question not only in regards to my experience here at Klarna, but maybe overall PM roles. I think two main learnings I had during these last like five years is the first one would be to say no, because that's <laughs> so important, <laughs> which I've learned also the hard way, like also prior to my company. And then when you have stakeholders coming in and say, we need this, this, and this, and you can't do that because if you have like seven projects in parallel, so much work in progress that you never get stuff to the ground or something to the ground, which you then can iterate and learn again. And this is really such an important principle, which I've learned, which I'm trying to do now as well. So I would say this is one learning. And the second learning is you only kind of generate value with the team. So you're always part of the team. The team is so important to take on this journey, to know where you're going. And I always want to try to give the team that kind of responsibility or that saying that you are not a software developer or front-end or back-end. You are a product developer. So we are all product developers. And this is so important to take them on that journey. Um, yeah. So I would say those two are my biggest learnings, I guess. This is something I'm trying to learn right now as to how to delegate more, especially across competences. Like I feel like sometimes it's very difficult, but then in the end, you're one product manager and you don't want to be the bottleneck, right? But when it comes to just simple things sometimes, like, okay, finish that pre-read, like add a roadmap. And often I feel like for the team, it's a bit difficult to take on these kinds of more business-related tasks. And I find myself just, you know, dragging on tasks that are open for longer and longer because I'm like, no worries, I'll do it. But that office, I don't end up doing it. So that's something I'm trying to learn right now. But do you, do you delegate those tasks, for example? Because I, uh, I feel what you feel. Okay, it's a pre-read, it's a discovery. And you feel like you're a bottleneck all of a sudden because you have so many of those. So what do you do? It depends, like, for instance, when it comes to more technical features, like, oh, this is something we want to start building, then I try to delegate that to an engineer who wants to do it. And right now, for instance, we're working on a thing that is purely business-related. It's a business decision that we need to take. I don't know. I can't answer your question. I've been procrastinating for a couple of weeks now almost. So it's, yeah. One thing that I did try in in two of my previous, well, one of my previous teams, and I'm trying it now in my current team, is to have these quarterly sessions with the team and to kind of align on some of the guiding principles that we want to have for the team. 
And one of those guiding principles is that if I need help with these types of admin tasks, then some of them are admin tasks, right? Things like writing a newsletter or, I don't know, writing a pre-read, getting input for a pre-read, that I might need help from them and that I, I expect them to, to, to help me out and vice versa. If they need my help mm -hmm. to create tickets, to provide product requirements for something, I'm supposed to help them out. Like we're a team together and we work together, right? So um, where possible, we should align in advance to, to get to that state. And I've always found that once you have that alignment, that it just, it's smoother to, to do that quote unquote delegation. Yeah, nice. Mm -hmm. For sure. One thing that I wanted to add to, to Michael's point there as well is, is the, the comment of uh, learning how to say no. I have also struggled with that, especially during my moves. And I've learned that sometimes it's hard to say no because it doesn't get accepted, right? And, and an alternative to then say, saying no is to say yes and yes, we could do that, your request. But in order to do that, or and in order to do that, something needs to move, something on our current roadmap needs to move because we just have a limited amount of, of time and a limited amount of people that can work on this. And so therefore we need to decide uh, whether it's between you and me or between us and our, our management to come to an alignment of what can move. That's something that's been very key for me, at least as a, as a learning throughout this time. So you see, you're just way more charming than I am. Right? <laughs> <laughs> Let's uh, let's let's move on to another topic. So imagine that you just arrived. You know, you walk into the door. It's your first couple of days. I'm I'm curious. What are the top three things that you have have done? What are the the first things on the agenda when you start as a new product manager? And do you want to take this one first? Yeah, sure. I think I had a or I have a very special situation that I came in um, as a new product manager. I'm also uh, like a junior product manager, right? Like I just started out here at Klarna and my team, most people have been working together for over two years. All of my engineers are senior engineers, even our new hires were senior engineers. So like they know what they're doing. And I think for me, of course, coming in, like if anything, like I'm probably the most insecure one because I'm just the one with the least like knowledge about the product, you know? And what had, it's a, it's a bit of a double-edged sword like the really good thing about the team is that like I can just give them things and I know they will do it they will do it well they know how to do the problem solving they know who to reach out but it also leads a bit to this kind of like silo sometimes and you know everyone's at home they just kind of do their thing there's not a lot of interaction so when I first came in I just felt like that the team spirit was a bit low the trust levels I felt like were surprisingly low for a team that has been working together for so long. So to me, it was important that we kind of just started like, you know, blank slate. Let's do a quarterly kickoff. Let's get to know each other better as people. Let's do like some silly exercises like painting and <laughs> games and stuff like that. And let's define team norms. What is important to us? What are our principles as a team? We did a vision workshop where um, I drafted a vision or I, I wrote the whole document and then everyone could leave their input their comments so an open discussion about it and uh those were like the two things that i started off with and like continuing also i, I just I, i'm one of the most important things to me which i think are all, always um often underrated is to really work on the team spirit we're all remote right now we're all at home but like we are a team we spend so much time together working on the same thing so that's um things i focus on very, very good points. Yeah, totally agree on the, the team morale thing, especially nowadays. 
Um, cool. What about you, Michael? Yeah. So when we started a couple of weeks ago with the hosted experience team, what we did is also some sort of uh, taking back, reset, just try to somehow align, okay, where we are and what do we want to do, like kind of the future. So what we did is some sort of like, uh, for example, a team kickoff where we got it together and had a look at the team vision and as well as said, okay, what is exactly our problem space? Why are we going to solve this problem with that product? What is potential other products in the future? So that again, trying to kind of gather around all the people who kind of created that psychological safe environment that everyone can contribute to it. So that was kind of cool. And of course we all, I always try to to integrate it with some sort of a fun part. So maybe you've seen the newsletter on Club. Uh, try to do it with like an icebreaker drawn image. So which was very cool for the team to just relax a little bit and uh, yeah, come together also as people as friends because in the end you spend like eight hours uh, <laughs> per day together, right? So it's also really important, I guess, to to have like a fun and nice and inspiring environment. And then, of course, we also did like other workshops, like how we want to work. So we had a look at all, um, for example, uh, Scrum events. Is it okay that we have the grooming on Thursday? Should we have it on Tuesday? What about the weekly planning? Someone um, said, hey, can we actually move the stand up from 9.15 to 9.45? So just that everyone feels involved and try to catch up and get like that new fresh start. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I, I would say that there's a lot of stuff that I didn't do in my first day, but now that I'm getting a little bit more experience as a product manager, I definitely know what I will do coming into a new position, like after this period of time. And I think one of one of those things that are super important to do in the beginning is to create relationships uh, right from the get-go, uh, especially now that we're all remote. Try to grab a FICA with different stakeholders. Mapping the stakeholders, also extremely important. Um, who are stakeholders that you need to tell them, you know, everything that you do and, and have an opinion. Who doesn't have an opinion but needs to be notified? Who is a, a direct stakeholder if you're making a change to the product that it will affect them? And and that, those are the relationships because in a product so big as Klarna Checkout, you really have to know each and every one of those people because when a blocker comes or the engineers are annoyed that the pipeline is red and they tell you, okay, this team broke the pipeline, go fix, you know, you have to go and knock on people's door so coming to a new team that's number one create relationship book virtual ficas mm -hmm. deposit some money in the emotional bank account because later on you can go and withdraw same for the other side as well show faces that's for me is a top priority coming into a new job i think that for, from my side i i definitely agree with the stakeholder mapping i think that that's super super important and it helps you to establish an overall view of who your stakeholders are who you're going to be working with who you need to ask questions to and it can be quite daunting depending on the product in terms of how many stakeholders you have and how to meet them so uh, one of the ways that i went about it was to talk to my tech lead within the team and i had some sessions with him in the beginning a lot more sessions to kind of understand what our architecture was like, what are the systems that we have, and how do we communicate with other systems, right? Other stakeholders. And it was actually through talking to the tech lead that I got an understanding of, okay, this this particular system here, which which team owns that? Okay, that team. Okay, I need to talk to that one, note it down. Try to find out who the, the product manager or, or tech lead of that team is. And the same for the other systems. And then you map that out. I mean, you could do that in Miro, you could do that in, in Google Sheets, however you want. But at the end, you have a proper kind of overview of who you talk to. 
And that is extremely important because your engineers are going to ask you questions about things that are sometimes not related to your scope, right? It could be related to another person's scope. And in order to unblock them or help them out, it's so pivotal that you know who to talk to. And that's something that they they really value. So it's key to do that in the first first couple of days, I think. Nate, this is this is your third team, no fourth team, but third team as <laughs> as product in Florida. Yes, how is it to come in this time? Wow, it's it's more interesting, I find, because I've learned so much out of my mistakes. So in the first team, I kind of knew nothing, right? I yeah. I was so cautious. I, like the imposter syndrome was killing me. I didn't didn't really know what to do. I had the same kind of feelings that you had in the beginning, Elon. Then in the second team, which was a lot bigger in scope and a lot more technical i was struggling with oh crap do i need to understand all of this tech stuff do i need to help out there or is it just me talking to stick like what am i supposed to do here so it took me a good six to, to nine months to get up to speed with that and i kind of got bitten by the ux bug and now i, I moved teams to the shopping collections team which is a more ui ux focused team and i really like it and I've tried to, as much as possible, <laughs> implement those learnings, right? So the first week, I set up meetings with all of, all of the stakeholders. Just had a little coffee. I said, hey, mm. my name's Nate. I'm new here. I'm probably going to be asking a lot of stupid questions in the coming weeks. But uh, good to meet you. How will we be working together going forward? And that already establishes the relationship. One thing that is super important, which I still haven't done yet, I need to do, is set up a meeting with my tech lead to have him walk me through the architecture. And it's not enough to have him walk you through the architecture or her walk you through the architecture. You try to walk them through the architecture after they've explained it to you so that you can really see if you understand it and have, have them fill in the gaps for you. Good, we're nearing the end, but a small question more. What was your biggest challenge and how did you overcome it when you made the move? For me, my biggest challenge was I was an individual contributor in my older position in Klarna. So, so whenever a task came my way, I, I had to work it. And then coming into a, big, a team that is uh, super technical and with so many different competencies, I felt the need to control. I felt the need to be able to know what they're doing and how to do it. So I, did, I wasn't able to take a step back. I, w- I was trying to do everything at once and to go deep and I turned into a bottleneck. That was the biggest challenge for me to, to know how to let go and be like, okay, I'm, I'm just here to facilitate. I don't need to do everything. It's really interesting. Uh, so maybe I can catch up on that point. So when you make the move from another company, which yeah, you've spent like four years and you've been a pro and you know everything, and then you come into a completely new environment. So I was very stressed in the beginning because I couldn't contribute it or perform on that level. I've been contributing the last four years. So then I was like, oh, shit, man, Michael, what are you doing? You should know that stuff like within two weeks. Or So I really need to tell myself, hey, step back, take it easy. Um, it will come step by step. So maybe that was the biggest challenge just to not force me actually too much. And with that forcing, as you said, Elon, being a bottleneck in that team, because, yeah, you try to push other people. And yeah, that was kind of hard for me, to be honest. I think for me it was almost similar. I mean, like I mentioned earlier, I am I, I've been working the the smallest amount of time in that team. So I'm still learning about the product while I have crazy experts when it comes to our system and how everything fits together. And it, it was a bit challenging in terms of, you know, just trying to accept that for yourself, that that is how it is, and then also trying um, and showing that to the team. And to just be humble there and to say, I'm sorry, I don't know. I would love to learn and to just accept that, you know, 
I will off like I have answered so many things in our channel wrong. I have asked so many <laughs> dumb questions, and people have probably thought so that cool. I'm just dumb. But that's just, <laughs> I think that's like something you just have to face. Yeah. Very but nice. now I sometimes I answer things correctly. <laughs> <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with that. I also feel dumb all the time, and that's why now I've just told people like, hey, the first couple of months. I'm just going to be the stupidest one in the room and I'm just going to ask questions <laughs> and I'm doing it for clarity, but not not to just be the stupid one, but just for clarity. And uh, it, it helps clarify things, right? Because sometimes people think that they understand things. But when you ask that, you know, quote unquote, stupid question, some people are like, huh, actually, maybe we should discuss this a little bit further. So that's actually quite good. And I think the biggest challenge that I face is actually something that a, a friend of ours has said a, a couple of weeks ago, and that is people are hired for a specific reason due to a specific expertise that they have. So you should probably rely on them because of that expertise. And he specifically meant it in the sense of relying on engineers, relying on your analysts, relying on your designer, uh, because yeah, you can try to do all of that work as well, but you're probably never going to do it as well as they will be able to. So trust them, help them do their job, empower them, uh, give them every information that they need, but then rely on them. Uh, and I think that that's something that I have come to terms with in my third team now. Uh, it's, uh, it's, been a long, it's been a long road, but at least I'm there. Well, look at this. I think we finished our fika and our coffee. This, uh, this was really great. Thank you so much, Anne, Michael, Elon. Thank you so much for joining. Really great to have you on Product Fika. All right, everyone, go step up your product game. Thank you for having us. Thank you. Bye-bye. What happens when I cuss? Or you, you beep, can. bleep it out? Ooh. I can bleep it out. Okay. <laughs> Whoa! <laughs> Anne, oh, my God.